is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of today's episode is February 17th, 2021. If you're listening, wherever in the world you are, I hope you're warm, have been able to dig your way out of the snow if necessary, and I hope you're healthy, taking care of yourself and your loved ones, and remembering to take time out for yourself just to recharge. Self-care might seem like a selfish endeavor sometimes, but it's wholly necessary. Take care of you. We don't have another of you. You are it. Show yourself the love you deserve. Today's episode is part two of a three-part series on pagan singers and songwriters. And man, have I got a doozy for you today. My guests, plural, today are Ginger Doss and Linda Millard. Ginger Doss is a performing songwriter, music producer, spiritual practitioner, and inspirational speaker. Her dynamic and compelling songwriting explores multiple genres, including rock, alternative groove, tribal, and folk, and is inspired from a passionate and diverse study of spirituality. Her style of music can be described as chakra rock, and it will absolutely rock your body, wake your soul, and set your heart on fire. I'm also joined by Linda Millard. Linda is an accomplished singer-songwriter whose career spans many successful original band projects in which she contributed her life-changing songwriting, signature bass playing, vocal prowess, and spine-tingling command of the flute. Together with Ginger Doss, she founded the popular rock band Dream Tribe in the early 2000s, and prior to that, helped form and was a front member of the highly acclaimed Velvet Hammer. Now touring with Ginger Doss, she contributes not only her talents on bass, vocals, and flute, but her songs and energy as well. Linda Millard and Ginger Doss are best friends. They have harmonic grace that can only come from an energy that spans many lifetimes, not only musical, but physical incarnations as well. And in general, all in all, these two powerful women are a couple of badasses that, if you don't already know, you are going to want to know. Please welcome my guests, Linda Millard and Ginger Doss. Hello, ladies. How are you? Fantastic. Hello. It's wonderful to be here. Doing great. It is so great to talk to you both. I know that uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, uh, and but we've never actually had gotten to spend a lot of time together. So maybe someday in the future, you know, perhaps, so. perhaps a road trip to North Carolina with Walter and Maven. Sound good? Yes, please. <laughs> I miss them terribly. Oh, I know, gosh. Yes. I know. I know. Listen, so I want to know how long have the two of you been creating music together? And was Velvet Hammer sort of the, the catalyst of that? Was it the beginning or does it go earlier than that? No, it was Velvet Hammer was definitely the beginning. And that was uh, 1989 when we first met and started making music together. Um, So yes, it's been a while. Tell me about some of those early days, man, because the two of you have really crafted such a beautiful sort of, it's almost like a tapestry of sound. It's a steely Danness. Does that make sense to you? (laughs) You have a sound, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about some of those early days. Well, we got together in 1989 in Houston, Texas. Um, This is Linda speaking, by the way. 
Ginger had gone to high school for performing arts in Houston with someone who I was in a duo creating music with, Dana Davis, Darwin Prophet. And I was performing with her in Houston. And she always told me about this ginger person that she had gone to school with. And ginger popped back into Houston from California in college around that time. And we happened to run into each other. And from that point on, the three of us and our drummer Katrina formed Velvet Hammer, which ultimately ended up being like the first all-female progressive rock type band. And that started us off on the path we're on now. It was it was truly an, a magical, a magical time. I, I was, um, I had run into, um, who's now Darwin, um, at, um, in, at a place in Houston and we, she, she told me that she was playing that night and I should come see her with, um, in her duo. And I was like, sure. Yeah. And I went out and saw them and I was blown away. That was Darwin and Linda. Um, and I said, Oh, can I jam with you guys? I really want to jam with you. And, um, uh, she was like, yeah, let's set it up. So we set up a jam for not too long after that. And then when the three of us, sang together it was the most amazing magical thing and the energy in the room when we sang together was crackling it was electric we were so blown away and we could feel it our hearts were just like on we, were fire. Vibrating. we were vibrating we had to run outside and roll around in the grass we were so excited <laughs> we, did. we all ran out in the yard and started rolling around we were crying <laughs> We were laughing. It was like our souls were like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, this is it. This is the moment. And from then on, Velvet Hammer just took off. For In six months, we had a, a publishing uh, deal with Island Polygram and had record labels coming to almost every show. We were um, we were breaking bark. Uh, fire codes at clubs we were playing it was, oh, I was about to say, we were breaking barcodes bar <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and no it was it was it was really truly magical and very very fast it was like just um there was so much energy involved and um and then as things go when the record labels really started to pressure us to be what we weren't you know they couldn't handle the fact that all of us sang all yeah. of us took turns singing lead in different songs because all of us wrote songs and all of us were like, we didn't have a leader and they didn't like that. They, they're like, we can't sell this. You've got to have a main person. You've got to have a front person and they've got to be the main singer and the rest of you have got to just kind of hang out back there and look good. And, and you know, it, so we started to get the major label pressure and it's, and they came in and started dividing and conquering telling some of us some things and some of us other things. And it was really pretty evil what they did to us. And so eventually we broke up. Uh, the pressure was really just starting to get to us. And, and we had a producer we were working with that was changing our sound. And things were just, the magic had been kind of sucked out of the project because of the industry was really. Well, you have to also, the, the time, it was 1990. Uh, 91 
the Bangles and the Go-Go's were the all-female groups at the time that were huge. And, you know, it, that was more three-chord pop kind of music, you know, and that was not at all what we did. What we did was much more progressive uh, hints of, you know, hard rock and jazz thrown in there, but we had flute and keyboards and a heavy rhythm section with four-part female harmony on top. You know, it was just something that the industry had never heard and they didn't know what to do with this. They were like, oh, you need to be more like the Bengals or the Go-Go's. And we were like, no, <laughs> we actually play a lot more chords and we want to leave them in there. <laughs> so we, we finally, when we, we finally let the industry go and said, you know, if, we would rather have the integrity than sell out and we'll just do it on our own. And that's what we've done ever since. Yeah. Linda and I had a connection that went beyond uh, when we met, we, we actually uh, fell in love and, and got into a relationship. Um, we were, we were soulmates. It was clear, you know, and so our relationship lasted for, six years, seven years, seven years, something like that. And then when we split up, it was very amicable. We just merged beautifully into the best, closest friendship you can possibly have with a person. I feel incredibly blessed to, I'm gonna start crying. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's, it's fantastic because, I mean, we are, you know, we just can finish each other's sentences, that kind of thing. Best it's, friends. It's yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. Well, I, you know, I think we, we signed up to be here at the same time and do what we do together. I cannot imagine life without Ginger. I don't know what I would even, I'd just be bumping into walls this whole lifetime. Um, we're supposed to be together. And it's like with the passion and the it's so effortless to work together on any music and it has been that way for 30 years I mean we just it's always been that way it's just this magical chemistry that we are so blessed to have with each other yeah well I Absolutely. for one am very glad that the two of you found each other out in the universe and uh, because otherwise we would be so bereft of so much beautiful music that the two of you and, and others as well that have collaborated with you have made together. So thanks for that, by the way. And, and telling me the story of sort of the birth of Velvet Hammer actually kind of felt like a birth. It was really impressive. You know, like the story you told felt kind of palpable, if that makes sense, because yeah. of the, the crackling of the energy. And uh, that was incredible. How did spirituality play into Velvet Hammer or did it? Well, absolutely. Um, well, I didn't at first because Velvet Hammer emerged as a rock band in Houston. At the time, um, it wasn't, we weren't writing songs that had anything that really dealt with spirituality in it. It was a, it was a rock band and we, we were spiritual people in right. a rock. So it was uh, inevitable that, you know, like I had, I had gotten into uh, CMA, Council mm -hmm. of Magical Arts, and gone to, it, when we went to a couple of festivals, it, 
it felt like coming home, like yeah. being with like-minded people uh, at a festival was like, wow, this, where's, where has this been all my life? Especially, you know, having been raised in the Christian church and not boy, feeling, howdy. Yeah. That didn't answer my questions. <laughs> so I had a lot of questions that I was like, wow, this kind of feels like there's some answers here. So uh, over time, Velvet Hammer, as it, it kind of morphed into, before it, it turned into Dream Tribe later, we started getting asked to, and then, now this is when we were no longer just an all-female band. Velvet Hammer, Ginger and I kept the name going, but we had a male drummer. And then later on, we had my son Taber on drums and two other percussionists on djembe and stuff. That that ended up going to a lot of the pagan festivals. Well, um, let me back up just a little bit because so in Velvet Hammer, I was, we, yes, like Linda says, the reason why I, I just jumped in was like, absolutely, is because our spirituality was such a part of who we are and were. Um, and it, we talked about it all the time and magic was around us all the time. And um, when we first got together, it was such a magical trip. Is that your phone? That's our phone. Okay. <laughs> so I had already started writing. Some of my music was uh, incorporating some of my uh, spirituality mixed into the songs. And Linda and, and Darwin had told me about CMA and about uh, the pagan world, which they had introduced me to. I had no idea it even existed. And um, we went to our first festival together. Um, and because they had a lot of friends in that community also, they started coming to shows, they became fans. And we, we played a couple of concerts, but I'm trying to remember when we played our first pagan festival. That's why I'm like, when was that? The thing that really kind of shifted gears was after we started playing I guess we were playing CMA. We must have played CMA because we got uh, a phone call from Heartland, the Heartland Festival up by Kansas City, mm -hmm. which is Heartland Spiritual Alliance, I believe, HSA, uh, wanting us to come and play their festival. And that was a very established, big pagan festival right. outside of Kansas City. And... What we started, to, or I guess it was just kind of word of mouth. People started to find out about a couple of the songs that we had at that point. By that point, we were doing songs like Blessed Be and We Do Not Die. And those became like these pagan anthems. And word of mouth just got out and pagan festivals all over the country started contacting us. And then we realized pagan rock was not a genre yet. We had we were some of the first to play these festivals. Some of these festivals didn't even have electricity. <laughs> they didn't have a stage. They didn't have a way to put a rock band at their festival. They were used to maybe having somebody sitting there with an acoustic guitar as their entertainment. So by going by Velvet Hammer going around and playing these festivals around the country and saying, well, we have to have this, this and this they would upgrade their system and their electricity or whatever in order to have us. Oh, that's cool. Kind of 
ended up opening the doors for other musicians to come in and play. And then more and more, you started to hear about pagan rock bands or pagan rock in general, instead of just the acoustic kind of gypsy hippie kind of thing, it had been more folky. Yeah. And so now, uh, I mean, a lot more festivals, you know, are able to have, you know, have a stage and have the, the needed electricity to hold a, a real concert, which is really cool. That is, so you're, you're pioneers. The two yeah, of we you. really it really was kind of Velvet Hammer really kind of was in well, the in the pagan rock world. I, I feel like you know it was incidental. We were riding a wave that was happening. You know, we we were going to a lot of festivals that hadn't yet, but were were trying to get there. You know, they were asking us to come and and so now and even now, a lot of new festivals when they ask us to play, I have a list of questions that you wouldn't normally expect that you have to ask, like, do you have electricity? Mm -hmm. Do you have a level area? Is it covered? Is it covered? <laughs> do you have, you know, is there a, 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 a sound ordinance is, you know, there's all these things that we've had to deal with, with other festivals. And it's really, as a rock band traveling, we would play, bar after bar after bar and then go to a festival we play yeah. you know clubs and then go to a <laughs> festival and finally be free it was it it was like there was no contest after a while we just stopped playing clubs cuz the clubs were just mundane depressing and they didn't get what we were singing you know we're singing at this point by the time we're touring more often we have songs like come down in four directions and uh you know, so many more spiritual leaning songs and we're actually having, <clears throat> doing some, um, you know, spiral dances and encouraging people to hold hands and make a circle. And, um, you know, really by that time, we were just so much more, it was so much more a part of who we were and what we were doing that it just didn't make sense to go to clubs anymore. And so, um, but yeah. you know, before, as we were making that transition, uh, all of the people from the pagan festivals in whatever city or state we were playing in would come over and we would just kind of take over the mundane rock <laughs> <Yeah>. bar. <laughs> it would be like, I know the regulars in there would be going, who are all these people? Right. And <laughs> why are they dressed like that? And who, what are they doing? And I know in one club in Florida, we did four directions, which our, our fans always ended with a spiral dance. And they did a spiral dance around the pool table at the, oh. at the rock club. And that, uh, where were we in Florida, Tampa? We was were somewhere the, the in the brass mug. The brass mug. That was <laughs> I can't it. believe I just remember. I can't believe you remember that either. Um, and that was probably early 2000s. Um, we did, we were there. Yeah, this was like when we were touring the most was probably uh, 99, 2000, 2001, all the way through 2005. Because um, when we morphed into the, the more pagan, we had my son Tabber and Tommy and Nighthawk were in, as the from, three uh, drummers. From, from uh, Hopfest. Yeah, night and dance fest, yeah. and then it became more tribal, and 
we were doing all the festivals and going all over the country and we realized the name Velvet Hammer had really been more associated with the all-female group in the early stages of, of uh, our pagan, more pagan music type stuff. And we changed the name to Dream Tribe, uh, which was spelled with a Y, T-R-Y-B-E. And because with three drummers, uh, it had that djembe in every song, it had percussion in every song, it just kind of became more tribal. And uh, Dream Tribe ended up getting pared down to just me and Ginger and my son Tabber on drums as a rock trio. And then we kept that going for a little while. Talking about all of the festivals uh, that you've played and how it kind of opened up a brand new realm of these people get us kind of a thing and the, you know, the, the spiral dances and things like that. I don't know even how many times I've seen both of you perform at the Council of Magical Arts Festival and mm -hmm. each, each and every time uh, it feels like you're in this amazing ritual. So I know exactly what you mean. It's just the energy is it's not a club. It doesn't feel like a bar. It feels like you are in a sacred space. And I think probably because you actually are. I, I'm going to play a couple of your songs here in just a minute, but I wanted to uh, talk about this real quick. Uh, when I asked uh, if you'd be able to perform live on this podcast, y'all had a great reason why you couldn't. And that's because Linda's got an upcoming album and all of the equipment is in the studio. So Linda, what's up with your new album? I realized that I had not released any any new material per se, since I put out my compilation album, which is called Malardian Fables, over 10 years ago. And I have hundreds of songs that have never been recorded, never even been played live because they've never been fleshed out and finished. And so I thought, I have got to record a new album. I've got to get some of these songs recorded. And so uh, Ginger has the recording studio in her house oh, and nice. does all of her own recording. And so we, we just set up a, a GoFundMe and a schedule to where we could start to work on these songs. And so towards the end of last year, we got started on the first few songs and uh, we are both full-time caregivers for our mothers. And so we realized, you know, that having a very set schedule to record was not going to be possible. Things come up and you don't foresee, you know. So it's taking a lot longer than we expected it to, but uh, we are in the studio today, as a matter of fact, working on one of my songs. And I'm just so excited because Ginger and I working together is the joy of my life anyway. But getting these new songs out there is just really exciting. I can't wait. Excellent. So when can we expect something? Or is that just an open end right now because of the schedule is, is there is no, There is no way to know. That is un unbelievably unpredictable. Well, we all <laughs> want to hear it as soon as possible, but no pressure. So well, you'll be first said, to know. <laughs> having said that, uh, Ginger has a new song. Is this a single for your new album, Kundalini Rising? Yes, it's, well, it is, um, I'm releasing this new album of mine is a concept album. It's the first concept album I've done where I'm 
um, writing songs uh, from sacred practice and sacred symbol. Okay. And so, um, yes, uh, I, a couple of years ago, I made a list of, and this, the idea for this record, I had done four records, uh, four, um, four recordings. And um, those had been in my mind for like, <clears throat> for like five years, I had what I was going to do with each, each record. And so it was like when, when I finished the fourth one, I was like, okay, what am I going to do for my fifth album? And um, I just didn't even know. I was like, God, I don't even know. So <laughs> I was um, <laughs> asleep one day and um, just before waking, it was the most amazing revelation. Write an album of songs that symbolize sacred practice and sacred flow and, and sacred symbol. And, and it started, song ideas started coming to me and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And I just, I jumped out of bed. <clears throat> I ran and told my partner, Andrew, I was like, I've got it. I've got what I'm going to do is this concept record. And it's going to, I'm going to take sacred practices and symbols that have meant something to me in my life. And I'm going to make songs from those. And so the, one of the first ones that came up was the mandala. And that was the one that got me so incredibly excited. And then I started to write a list of songs, song ideas from sacred practices. One was um, men, the mandala, also a Kundalini rising, uh, prayer, rune, Celtic knot, um, and more. And it, it was just so exciting to, to, I've never done this before where I made a list of, of actual things to write songs about and none of these songs existed and so kundalini uh, rising is the third single and as i'm going instead of doing a gofundme what i'm doing is i'm um i i did the, all the work for mandala the very first song that was released and just released it and allowed the downloads of that song to pay for the production of the next song and then i'm releasing the next song it's downloads um pay for the next song and so on and so on. That's brilliant. So uh, it's, it's been working very well. And um, the Kundalini Rising was the third one. I just released the fourth one, which was Prayer. Um, I just released that a week or so ago. And um, I'm releasing a video with each of the songs. And Ginger is, she would never say this herself, but she is so good at just putting her own videos together. She yeah. has done a video to each one of these songs by herself, just filming around the house or getting, you know, pulling some stock footage and putting them together. And not only is, oh, she just left the room so I can say this. Oh, she is amazing engineer. And besides just being the most amazing person I know and keyboard player and songwriter, the, her engineering and video and everything that she does. It's just amazing. And so, I mean, that's just another thing is just to go watch her videos to these songs that she has released. And she's just done them all by herself. And, and, she, and she's got a, a YouTube uh, channel and I, I'll, I'll link that. I'll link that on this. Yeah. If you Google Velvet Hammer, there was another band called Velvet Hammer in Australia. Okay. And when we were finishing up and kind of getting ready to, to change our name to Dream Tribe, uh, that Velvet Hammer 
was also, you know, that's kind of when the internet was coming around and stuff. And so a lot of times, like I have seen where we are credited with some song title that's not ours. It's theirs. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's really a, but we, after we moved on from that, it wasn't like we went back and tried to correct all this stuff or keep a velvet hammer presence on the internet. So well, is the Australian Velvet Hammer a bunch of ladies? No, no, no. It just uh, it was some other band, and then there was a cover band that played like beer joints in Florida called Velvet Hammer, and you know, so you have to be sure you're looking at the right one. There's okay, um, but we don't have any online. Presence. No, but well, we do yeah. in the way that. Uh, people have posted videos that they've put together of like stock footage to one of our songs and put it as velvet hammer. And that, that is our music, but it's not our video. It's not something that we did. If you Google like velvet hammer, Kansas, that song, Kansas was ours. I love that song. And yeah. And I love that video. Yeah. Uh, A friend of ours from Kings X, the rock band uh, produced that, that video for us. And um, so, you know, some, sometimes you, you find us as Velvet Hammer online. And sometimes now that Ginger and I are just performing as a duo, Ginger mm-hmm. Doss and Linda Millard, um, a lot of times online, you'll see somebody call that Velvet Hammer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but sure. yeah, you, you not, most of what we're trying to promote right now is Ginger Doss and Linda Millard. Yeah. Because Velvet Hammer is really, there's no, we never were distributed. Yeah. Um, and so. Because yeah. we didn't sign there's, that there's pesky somebody, record label. Somebody, right. <laughs> somebody um, has um, taken our spot on Spotify for Velvet Hammer and have have an EP up our Velvet Hammer EP, the only one that we hand pressed ourselves while we were traveling. Um, and I have tried to take it down because they're representing us and they don't have the right to do that. But, um, it's not us. Yeah. And they're getting all these plays and it's not being credited to us. And I have tried to get Spotify to take it down and it has not worked. I'm um, going to put a hex on them. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> but really, we're trying to move on from that. And, and I've, I'm really excited about the new music that's coming out and um, releasing as singles. And um, I made a list of songs and, and I'm, I've, most, I've written most of the list that most of the songs that were on the list. So you can go to my um, YouTube channel mm-hmm. and subscribe. Um, it's just uh, YouTube just search for ginger doss and you can see all the videos that i've made so far i'll make sure to put a link on this as well for for your uh, your youtube channel yeah and so i've been having so much fun doing the videos for each song because i feel like i can express so much more that way you know i can i can actually put a little bit more of the background that's in each of the songs because there's so much that you can't say when you're writing about a spiritual practice, you know, you're, you're limited by your verses. And so I try to put a lot of feeling into the music and um, for the Kundalini rising. I mean, each of the songs that I've been working on, on this album have been so intense, like Kundalini rising while I was working on that and in the studio every day, 
doing those arrangements, it was, it was like a mini Kundalini rising happening within me. I, I couldn't even, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Um, and it did. And I was just high a lot from just working on it. And I started getting all these other symptoms and I looked up and what happens during a kundalini rising and some of the symptoms matched up and i was like oh my god i can't believe this is happening that's incredible <laughs> it was just so it was it was incredible and um so i've just had a, it's just been an amazing experience um as a writer as a producer um to to have this project and to be able to spend each you know when you when you make an album you spend this time on each song and then you release it as a whole. It's a very different experience than giving each song this separate attention. And I really love doing it this way. I'll love when I have them all on a disc together, but for the, for the moment, it's wonderful having just individual, um, to be able to give each song individual love and attention and um, to be able to release it to everybody with a lot of, um, like uh, my patrons are getting the songs first. I've got a lot of on my Patreon. If you're interested, patreon.com slash ginger I've got lots of background videos of how I produced each song. And um, that's kind of fun. And, and to be a part of that and to really spend time with each of these songs and to be able to express them that way has been a really amazing experience for me through this, through this project. We're going to listen to it right now. This is Kundalini Rising by Ginger Doss.
as the movement begins and ascends through the chakras. Rise, rise, rise. Then my heart will open, open, open unto you. It's Kundalini Rising, and it's by Ginger Doss, and it's from a new album called Sacred Flow. And uh, do you have any kind of to-be-determined date or date of release? Well, I'm releasing each of the songs as singles. There will be a collection of all of them, and that's Sacred Flow. But for right now, Kundalini Rising is available, is it not? Yes, and and three other songs as well from the same record, and they're only available on my website at gingerdoss.com slash music store. Um, you can go to my website, to my music store and download all four of the Sacred Flow album songs that have been released. They are all pay what you want, what you can to help support the completion of the album. So the album is self-sustaining. I release each sing- each single is meant to support the continuation of the album. So all downloads go to help um, support the album itself. And then once it's completed, then I'll distribute it. But my website is the only place that you can download these songs at the moment. Let's talk about what it's been like to be a musician in the middle of a pandemic. Can the two of you tell me how it has affected you and how it's affected you touring and maybe even your income as musicians? It has affected us <laughs> in every way, every way possible. Yes. We had, uh, we've been touring every year as a duo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and really building more and more and more every year. And this past year, we've gone to Canada. We've had so much fun and such an amazing uh, tour every year. And then for this, for 2020, we had a huge tour planned. And uh, with the pandemic coming, we started to see those start to fall off the calendar one by one. And we we realized all of it was going to get canceled. And we... When, when the whole thing got canceled and it came down to we aren't going anywhere and yeah. we are not playing anywhere live, we did what all most every other musician has done and switched to virtual platforms, you know, doing yeah. a show online. But it was it was devastating. It was devastating. It still um, is. <laughs> yeah, it still is. We're still in the, in the middle of it because now the fatigue of being you know traveling playing music is the love of my life it is the love of our lives this is the way we can do it full time is when we're out on the road um and to have that taken away just like i just even talking about it and bringing it to the front of my mind it's like this huge empty place in my heart. Um, connecting with people uh, through music is is what I live for, you right. know. Um, and so, there's been times, pretty dark times. I'm I'm glad for my spiritual tools. They have helped me a lot. Um, I'm grateful for the festivals that we've been able to do virtually. Um, but. I'm so ready. When, when we decided we had had one gig that um, didn't cancel. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was an outdoor festival in Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, just a day long festival. There was no camping. It was all outdoors. It was um, right. social distance. This was last October. Yeah, last October. And we decided to keep the gig. They didn't cancel it. We were on the board. You know, we were just like trying to figure out, okay, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And we finally said, okay, we're doing it because I came up with a plan of how we would stay in hotel rooms, what we would do. <laughs> we were we were crazy. I w- I'd go into the hotel room with my mask on and a can of Lysol <laughs> and run through the room just spraying the air. We had a box fan yeah. and we put that in the doorway of the hotel room to blow the air out. Right. And then we would go in clean and blow clean i mean it was crazy we were so it was insane we were so paranoid and we but i mean we we wiped down every surface we touched on the way to and from georgia from arkansas i mean it was just hilarious but we we did it (laughs) we pulled off the bedspreads and put our own bedding bedding on (laughs) used our own pillows oh i mean you should do that anyway with those bedspreads they're disgusting yeah crazy with the, the hotel rooms with the Lysol and the fan, the box fan. Yeah. It sounds like it worked though, because both of you have been kept healthy, correct? Yeah, yes. we did. We did. We are very careful. We're also real careful because we take care of our moms, you know, yeah. but, uh, but that I, was, but that I was an amazing thing to be able to go. It that. was because by that time, October, we had been several months without playing in front of a real person. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, what I didn't realize, you know, I just went through the motions. I was just like, 
I was soaking up every second of the setup, you know, like, yeah, just, it was this wonderful uh, pagan fair. And we, so we didn't know anybody. They didn't know us. They didn't know who we were. Um, And then, but what was neat is, is when we started to play and I think we started with four directions. We did. And and the people started gathering around and they were looking at us and, and I was like, oh my God, people. Right. I love you so much. My heart just exploded. It caught me so off guard after like, I think, it, I think I made it through the song. We both lost at the end of the song, because that song is really, really intense. And you're calling the directions. You're opening a circle. I'm making sacred space in that moment. And then I'm like, I, I just started crying. I said, I'm so sorry, everybody. And, and everybody was like, so and if, sweet. if Ginger starts crying, I can't keep it together. And so I started crying. And so these people are looking at us like, oh my gosh, they were so sweet. <laughs> but we're, we just finished the first song and we both lose it, you know? And we're like, this doesn't always happen, y'all. Okay. This is not something that happens every time we finish our first song of a concert. Not part of uh, this song. Oh, yeah. no, no. So we had to probably explain. felt the same way, though, for real. Well, we had to, we just explained to them that, you know, this was the first time we had played live in front of physical human beings in front of us since the pandemic, since the beginning of the year. Yeah. And it really caught us off guard. We were not expecting that to happen. And, no. and I mean, once, and they were so understanding and sweet and, and, and we made it through the rest of the show just yeah. fine, but it was just that very first moment of singing and, and connecting to mm-hmm. wonderful uh, people. It was just beautiful. It was so beautiful and, and overwhelmingly joyful. Is what yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So, Linda, I'm going to talk to you for a second. Don't go anywhere, Ginger. Don't be running off when I'm not talking <laughs> to you. Uh, tell, me, tell me the backstory, if you can, of the song Blessed Be. Blessed Be, uh, Ginger and I were a couple living in Austin, and I have twins. I have a boy and a girl. And at the time, they were going back and forth sometimes between they would live with us for a year they would live with their dad for a year in Houston they would go back and forth and we left it pretty much up to the kids where they wanted to live and who they wanted to live with at different times in their lives you know Mm -hmm. and at the time they were both living in Houston and their dad had remarried and he remarried a very uh southern baptist christian woman whose dad was really hardcore uh born again christian and they were doing bible studies every friday night in their house and they were uh influencing my kids uh to the point where this the stepmother started telling them that i ginger and i were satan worshipers and that uh, as you know, witches, we were going to sacrifice them and, and 
you know, oh my God, we were all going to burn in hell. I mean, just the most unbelievable stuff. And yeah. I had no idea that this programming was going on until one weekend they were supposed to come and visit and my daughter would not come. My son told me a little bit about what was going on. And when I, I found out that they had terrified my daughter to the point where she would not come and visit us because she was afraid. And that whole weekend I spent pretty much curled up in the fetal position in bed <laughs> crying um, and just kind of reflecting on, I know that fear because I was raised in the Christian church. Can I just uh, interrupt you real quick and tell you that um, all of my listeners are, there are so many of them that are shaking their heads right now. And I get, I get messages every single day uh, yeah. about my, about my background in Christianity, which sounds remarkably similar to yours. Uh, so I know that there are so many people right now shaking their heads going, Oh my God, me too. Yes. It's the, it's the, uh, the born again, pagan family, uh, so many people have been everybody that suffers from, from what I like to call uh, rapture PTSD. And I yes. absolutely am one of those. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And the, the religion totally based on fear. And uh, I, I was just devastated that my own children were being put through this uh, I had been very careful, Ginger and I both had been very careful about not pushing anything on the kids, letting them know and learn on their own. But I couldn't take them to festivals at that age because I didn't want to lose custody. I didn't want to, right. you know, I didn't want their dad to say, well, they're taking these kids out in the woods. And, you know, so I didn't take them to festivals. I didn't expose them as much as I would have loved to if I hadn't had that hanging over my head but I left them the freedom to gradually learn like Ginger was very into Native American Indian uh everything back then and so was little my son Taber they would do Native American prayers together and Taber loved that and uh so he wasn't as afraid as my daughter was Taylor and Taylor would not come visit that weekend. And so I, by the end of the weekend, I had tried to get her on the phone. I had tried to get the stepmother on the phone and I wrote Blessed Be. And the lyrics start out, you know, your interpretation seems so cold. Fear a loving God. I have been told so many times. You, you go through the, the lyrics and it was just basically talking about, you know, don't tell me what I can or can't read or believe or do. I am not harming anyone. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much the basis of how that song was written. It all came out that weekend. I wrote that song. This is Blessed Be by Linda Millard.
That's Blessed Be by Linda Millard. Linda, thank you so much for that backstory as well. And I, I tell you this for true that I know people are sitting there nodding their heads. Yes. Listening to every one of those lyrics. <laughs> so that's a very personal, very personal song. Um, and the lyrics to that song resonated so greatly with me. Um, so thank you again for that. Thank you. Uh, and I want to say, let's go right into another song, because when I told my husband that Ginger and Linda were going to be on Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path, the first thing he said was, oh, I want to hear We Do Not Die. Oh, and also come down. <laughs> so I said, guess what? Done and done. So uh, Ginger, Ginger, if you would tell me about this is an old favorite and it's not just one of your old favorites. Uh, come down. Tell me about come down and how that happened. Oh, yes. Um I remember it so well. Um, I was uh, I was working on a song, and I I I got some um, some drum loops together, and I got this this drum loop happening, and it was not a typical drum drum groove. It was something that was from my synthesizer, and it was like a it sounded like that, but it wasn't quite like what you hear the actual drum circle playing in the song. Right. And I immediately started thinking about the lyrics and the melody. It started coming to me so easily, just right over this particular like pulsing synthesizer sound. And I was like, I closed my eyes and I started thinking of all the festivals we had been to. And I could see from a bird's eye view. And then from higher than that, I was just rising up and I was looking down at, at the earth at night and I could see dotted fires all through, through the country of different festivals. And I was thinking about that. And I don't know why that imagery came to mind, but it was like all these people with their arms raised, looking up at the, to the sky calling on the divine in all its many shapes and colors. We're all searching for the same thing, that same connection. And, um, but it takes so many different shapes. But I wanted a song for all of us that we could sing together, no matter what, we, what power we were calling on, just understanding that the divine is so many different things, but yet the same. And, um, so I started to write it and it all just kind of fell together. And I remember when I brought it to practice, I said, this is going to be, I, I need the drums to play this. And so at that time it was, um, it was Velvet Hammer. I think we were still called Velvet Hammer, but we had Tawny and Nighthawk. I think so. Is yeah. as our drummers. And um, okay. Tabber. No, Tabber wasn't with us. Oh, Tabber wasn't point. in there. That, yeah, it's hard to keep track of when everybody was everywhere. And, Especially um, when you've given birth to one of those. I know people. my son. Because they're always yeah. around, you know, yeah, in your right. life. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> when did yeah. he join the band? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and it wasn't too long after that that he did. But um, so we started working on the drum beat as it would happen, you know, with drums. And we, we put together the drum beat and it was just this amazing thing. And we started uh, working on the harmonies and everything. And it was just, we all realized that we had something very, very special at that point, you know? And then when it came time to record the song, we were working with a producer in Austin, Texas, and she thought big, she was a, a big time 
thinker and creative uh, person. And uh, Gina Fantsayas was her name. And she said, let's get a drum circle. Let's just do it. And she's one of these kinds of people that she gets an idea, she's going to do it. And I, we're like, okay. And she goes, and we'll get a fire. Let's get a fire. Let's recreate the drum circle environment for this song. And I'm like, absolutely. And so we, she had a giant fire pit in her backyard. She also had a state-of-the-art recording studio. So we were bringing these very expensive microphones and putting them around the fire. And we brought in drum, um, Drums Not Guns, Happy Shells Drum Group from uh, Dallas, Dallas yeah. the Dallas area. We brought in Happy Shell. We brought, well, and she brought in Edie Brickell's drummer. Yes. Oh, and wow. Pat, Pat Mastelotto. And Pat Mastelotto. And, uh, and he brought in, he brought in a Taos drum kit, drum kit. And a Taos drum kit is like if Bam Bam from the Flintstones, <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that was the running joke. That's what it at that like. time, Played drums because it was this huge kick drum, but it was with just beautifully done um, with animal skin and sinew wrapped around this giant shell and a um, bunch of other drums. So we had maybe 75. I, I, I don't know the exact number. No, it, and he was King Crimson's drummer. Right? At that time, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my he, God. Uh, th we had, I think there were 24 people. Is that all? Yeah. Because I maybe it gets, it gets bigger in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it. it sounds there were 700 like, people there. <laughs> it sounded like there were. Yeah. Um, but we, and, and they played the backtracks uh, of the, the rest of what we had recorded to, for them. And we, you know, we had the beat, you know, it's just don't, don't, ba -da 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 -bump, bump, ba -da -da -da. Uh -huh. just do that. And uh, everyone got into, and it was just like, it was one of the most magical recording sessions ever. And many happy shells gone now. Some of the people that were, like, yeah, were people. in that drum circle have gone now, but I take the tracks of that drum circle with us when we go, because even if we have, and oftentimes when we play this at festival, we bring up drummers and we ask people in the audience, play your drum, because this is about tribe. It's about community. It's about us all um, finding our sameness in the quest for the divine in all its colors and all its many paths. And so we and love it, it having really everybody join. It really is the drum circle festival song. You know, everybody knows that song. Everybody, even if you're not an accomplished djembe player, you can play the boom, 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 boom of that song. And it so it invites everybody to drum, even if they've never drummed before. You can drum to come down, you know. It, it's a community song. Yeah. You know, everybody loves that song. So I like I like to use the we use those tracks, especially when we're in, you know, a um, a little house concert or little places like that. And it's beautiful to take that drum circle everywhere we go. Um, it's such a special, that, that track becomes more and more special as time, as as time we passes. Explain as we play, we play as a duo live. And even though we we were always in a band with our own drummers and, you know, guitar player or whoever, 
with Ginger being the engineer that she is, we're able to take the tracks from the recordings that we made as a band and play them along with our live performance as a duo. So we still have those live people playing on stage with us that, and you can hear it, you just can't see them. So when she says we take the track with us, that's what she means is we have that track playing while we're playing on stage too. Even if we bring up other drummers, which we do yeah. a lot of yeah. the time. But this, is a, this has been a way for us to be able to stay out on the road for months and months um, by, because both of us are committed, but it's hard to get a full band and to be able to support them all for months and months on the road. We'll go out for four months at a time. Um, and so... You the know, the you, two of us, we can do that. We can do that with the two of us. Well, pre-pandemic we and... and <laughs> before yeah. <laughs> before full-time taking care of moms yeah, uh, sure, sure and you know we'll we'll we will tour again we will travel again oh of course of course well this has come down by ginger doss so if you've never heard it before turn it up
next song uh linda uh, this is one of yours and um i have to tell you that i think this might be one of the most iconic songs that i've ever heard for losing a loved one and i know for sure that i listened to this song uh on repeat when i lost my grandmother many years ago but not that many uh tell me about what happened to you that culminated in you writing we do not die Oh, um, it's really, it's really interesting um, how this song 
was born. And like I tell people, I'm I'm the midwife. Uh, the the song is born. It, it just comes through you. It, it, I don't even know that I can describe. That you're the midwife. That's a very interesting. Yeah, because it's sometimes it's almost like channeling something from somewhere else. You don't know where or who it's coming from. It comes through you as the channel in order to mm-hmm. be born. And I, I'm watching and paying attention as I, you know, help give birth. But I'm like, wow, where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, the way that this song was written um the the first line of the song is why did you tap me on the shoulder in my sleep then last night just hearing you speak those words gave me chills because i get chills every single time i hear you sing them you know the song very well i know you do i do um i do it's uh ginger and i were um asleep in bed at, uh, we were house sitting for a friend of ours in Houston. And I literally felt a tap on my shoulder and I was facing the, the opposite wall. She was facing a wall across the room. I was facing this other wall. And I, I woke me up out of a deep sleep. And I, I turned because I thought Ginger had to be tapping me on the shoulder. I turn over and she is dead asleep, like facing the other wall. And I turned and just in the split second of being awake for just that second, there was a figure sitting on the edge of the bed. And Mm. it just, that, that vision just sort of evaporated. And I jumped out of bed and I was just freaking out. I mean, I can't even, I, I, I went outside because I didn't want to wake Ginger up. I went running outside. This is back when I smoked cigarettes. I chain smoked one after the sure other. Sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. And after having just seen somebody sitting on the foot of my bed, I, it was just, it was just unbelievable. I didn't know what to do. I sat down on the back porch And I had my legal pad and my pen and I wrote the song. The song just came out of me. Why did you tap me on the shoulder in in my sleep? As as I started to write this, the rest of the song just came and it had the melody line already. And so later on when I was able to to explain to Ginger and, and get her to write the amazing piano part that she ended up writing to it. I had to just sing the melody line to her acapella to try and get across this orchestration that I was hearing in my head. And, you know, really kind of weird for her to hear, you know, we do not die. We are not gone. We are alive. We are just on the other side. We are not dead. We are alive. We do not die. You know, I just had to sing that to her and go, you get it? (laughs) 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 You know what to do? Okay. Write your part. 
after my jaw came up off the floor, <laughs> I was like, let me try something. And then she wrote the most amazing piano part, the, the midsection to that song, the piano in the middle of that song. Yeah. My favorite ginger piano part ever. It's just beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. So, um, but that's, that's how that song was written. I'm going to play it right now. And if you've never heard it before, if you're driving, pull over because you're going to want to cry. And I mean that in a good way. This is We Do Not Die by Linda Millard.
That's We Do Not Die by Linda Millard. And I told you to pull over. You should have listened to me. Uh, so one of, the main, <laughs> one of the things that strikes me the most about this song, whenever I hear it, is the memory of the first time I heard it. And I thought, what the hell are they doing with those chords? That's incredible. Because it has the most amazing <laughs> chord changes that are it's so interesting the way they progress from one to another, you know, I like, I, I'm not a, I can't write music. I mean, seriously, like I don't read, I don't write songs. I can write spells. That's what I can write, but I can't write songs. And I'm, I am always in awe of people that can write a very intelligent lyric that goes with an incredibly well thought out melody uh, or chord progressions. Well, you know, what's funny is I, I don't read music and I don't write music and I don't know what key anything is mm -hmm. in. I have to ask Ginger what key my own songs are <laughs> in. Um, I just play everything by ear. I play all my instruments by mm -hmm. ear. Uh, Ginger is the one who knows what's going on. But there was a, a Unitarian Universalist church in Toledo, Ohio, that wrote to me and wanted their choir to perform that song. Oh. And they said, do you have a chart for We Do Not Die? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no. And so I got this like PhD brilliant guitar player friend of mine who does charts. I said, hey, can you do a chart to the song for me? And he said, yeah, sure, send it over. Like a week later, oh, wow. <laughs> he said, that is the hardest chart I have ever done in my entire career. And I said, you're kidding. And he goes, no, I'm not kidding. So I do have a chart for it now, but <laughs> we didn't do it. Well, I know I can tell you that I know that that song has brought so much comfort to so many people, myself included. And so that song will always remain probably in my very short list of my favorite pagan songs. Thank you very much. I'm bowing to you. You can't see me doing it, but I'm doing that. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. We've talked a little bit about this, but I want to, before we close, I want to talk a little bit more. Where are the internet uh, locations that the both of you can be found? Can you list those off for us? Yes. Um, mostly at my website, you can find both Linda and I. So uh, gingerdoss.com. Um, the home page has a button that says Linda Millard. So you can go to the home homepage. And then also at the bottom of my homepage is um, the all the other social media places, of course, Facebook, um, my Patreon. Um, Ginger Doss will take you to all those places. Yes, and, you will. Um, on <laughs> <laughs> Ginger Doss will take you to all those places. Take my hand and I shall take you. Um, <laughs> Spotify, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, all the places, uh, iTunes. Um, but I prefer that people go to my website yeah. just because you go to the artist's website and I encourage people to do this with other artists they like. Uh, especially indie artists, um, when you download direct from the artist, you're cutting out that huge chunk of money that iTunes, Amazon, and all these other places take out. Um, so that they don't, they don't need it. Yeah. No, they're yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, they're doing great. Jeff Bezos just stepped down with a golden parachute. Uh, but 
if you do need to do that, I understand some people just like the ease of that technology. I am there, but um, there's also subscribe to my YouTube. Um, you can click that link from my website or just go to YouTube and search for Ginger Doss. G-I-N-G-E-R-D-O-S-S. Um, I keep saying this and I, I just assume people know how to spell my name. I should probably check that. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Linda songs. Um, if you go to my website and go to, you can go to gingerdoss.com slash, uh, slash Linda Millard. And that's M-I-L-L-A-R-D. Uh, yes. L-Y. Oh, Y. That's right. L-Y-N-D-A-M-I-L-L-A-R-D. Ladies, it has been such, and it hasn't just been a pleasure. It's been my honor to talk to you today because I have admired you both for so long. Uh, my guests today oh. have been the lovely Linda Millard and the lovely Ginger Doss. And I should say, and talented and intelligent and badass oh. and all that good stuff. Yank just pretty faces. <laughs> Uh, Linda and Ginger, thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Molly. We love you. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I love you too. We're besties now, huh? Let's do this again sometime. (laughs) Big thank you to my guests, Ginger Doss and Linda Millard. As I mentioned, I've included the web information for these two ladies on the description of this episode. There's a brand new episode every Wednesday, and as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future episode, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Put on that motherfucking mask and leave that motherfucker on. I hope you never hunger and I hope you never thirst. As above, so below. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, tell a friend and subscribe. Part three of my pagan singers and songwriters is coming next Wednesday. And remember, there is no hell. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path.